4: SportsGrid.com, betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
5: And good afternoon. Welcome to SportsGrid. Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Misch back with you here on a Wednesday along with George Kurtz. Two hours of fantasy sports talk. Of course, plenty of NFL to get to here on the show. We uh, have Byron Buxton coming up a little bit later, the tremendous outfielder from the Minnesota Twins. So stay tuned to that. That's coming up in just a bit, no question. We're going to get into everything going on uh, with the Super Bowl, and uh, we'll touch on the NBA. We'll give you some DFS tips tonight, as we always do here on the show. But there's no question there's only one place that we're going to be starting uh, our show here this afternoon, George. And uh, great to see you, by the way. It's good to talk to you, but... Uh, it's, it's like a where were you moment I feel like yesterday when we heard this news about former Dolphins head coach Brian Flores suing uh, the NFL. Uh, I was in a parking lot getting ready to pick up some dinner for my family and I don't think I put my phone down for about two straight hours so I think that's probably a good place to start with this absolute bombshell dropped yesterday and more of it this morning.
6: Yeah, absolutely. As you said, it was tough to put the phone down or my laptop, whatever I was on at the time. I was actually also in a parking lot. I was walking back from the gym when this uh, came down here. My first thought was, damn, why couldn't this happen an hour ago? I would have had something uh, entertaining while uh, working out. Uh, but absolutely, this was a bombshell. To me, when you read through it, it's like uh, I thought John Gruden was trying to burn the NFL down after what happened to him. Now he's uh, In his oh. mind, he was forced to resign here, so he wanted to take people down with him. Brian Flores is like, uh, just hold my beer. All right, because here we go, here we go, and it's going to be it's going to dominate the the headlines for a while here during Super Bowl week until the NFL cannot be happy about this. Uh, Exit, it's going to be interesting to see where this goes.
5: Yeah, I mean, Radio Row is nowhere what it used to be. I've covered Radio Rows in the NFL for a long time, and it, it was always the mecca of of topics of conversation. Make no mistake about it; it still will be at the Super Bowl next week. But I guess the question is is how far. This goes into the actual game and the lead up to the game. Of course, we'll be talking about it here along with getting you ready for the Super Bowl next Sunday. Here's where we begin with our headlines here on this Wednesday, February 2nd, 2022. Brian Flores yesterday, a lawsuit coming out. His lawyers uh, basically, uh, you know, going in on the NFL. Uh, all kinds of you know issues here. And some racism issues that have been brought up. The fact that Flores did not get a job with the Giants. Text from Bill Belichick coming into the wrong person. If you've missed the story by now, my gosh, where have you been? Uh, also accusations that that the owner of the Miami Dolphins, Brian Flores, offered to pay the head coach $100,000 every time he lost. Like crazy stuff coming out of this. We're going to hit on it more, trust me. Washington football team is now the Washington Commanders. This would have been our top story today, I suppose, if yesterday hadn't happened. Jimmy Garoppolo expects a trade, wants to play for a winner. Not going to be his choice. Giannis triple-double leads the Bucks over the Wizards last night. Suns win again, too. Unbelievable. The Phoenix Suns are playing so well. They beat Brooklyn last night. All right, George. So let's dive into this a little bit more because it's what everybody's talking about. Now, naturally, Finally, uh, I can say, yes, this is my hometown. I live in South Florida. A lot of this is percolating here uh, around the Miami Dolphins. And so I cannot shed any light on this because I had absolutely no idea any of this was going on. I had no idea that a lawsuit was coming. And certainly it stunned me just like it stunned everybody else. But of course, the question is at this point, George, with the uh, lawsuit that Brian Flores has, how much of this Will we find out that is true and is accurate? And let's bring in our radio audience here to SportsGrid and SportsGrid.com. There's going to be a lot of sides taken here before this actually goes into court. The NFL's already said that this is without merit. Some other things that were brought up, a meeting with John Elway, where Flores claimed that, uh, that Elway looked drunk. Elway has shot that down and said that wasn't the case. He was taking that medicine or whatever it was for COVID. I don't even know what the name of it is. Um, and then on top of it this claim that that and really the biggest thing of all, and I know unfortunately we're not focused on, on on the race issue, which is really the primary issue here, but the NFL issue is, is was an owner really complicit in offering his head coach a 100 grand a game to lose? I mean that, that that's a game changer here.
6: There's so much to talk about here. Uh, I mean there's really three parts to this, right? the Miami part, the Giants part and the Denver part. All right, that's really what's going on here, right? Denver John Elway and uh, another executive showed up hungover. I think was, they were obviously drinking the night before, and they were an hour late to the meeting. Uh, that's what the, once again that's what Flores is claiming there. All right, uh, the Miami part is bad for a number of reasons. If if it's, it's true that Ross uh, was offering had a slush fund of $1.6 to hundred k per loss that he was going to offer here, uh, he, he he has to sell the team. If they, if they can prove that, he has to sell the team. That's actually against federal law, by the way. Forget the NFL rules. That's against federal law. That would be a major, major thing here. Not to mention, you know, the gambling community. You're throwing games now. That's going to throw a lot of things in, out of whack here. A lot of things out of whack. And then, of course, with the Giants here, well, once again, if they told the bowl, I guess what they, if they knew they were hiring the bowl before they even interviewed, Floors. Which, listen, I think this happens a lot. I do. I think a lot of these interviews are just you know checking a box here. They don't mean anything. I do, unfortunately. Right. Uh, that would look better with Giants as well because she didn't, uh, once again, fulfill the Rooney rule over and over again. She didn't have the spirit of the Rooney rule all fulfilled there. So there's a lot going on here. I, said, I don't know how he proves any of this. In my mind, as we took uh, – I don't think everything he says is true, but I don't think everything he says is false either. I think there's right. what he said, what the NFL is saying, and the truth is somewhere in the middle. And one more thing about the NFL. They issued that statement that it was without merit within two hours. So within two hours, you investigated everything. Outstanding work.
5: Yeah, seems unrealistic. We'll dive a little bit more into this uh, when we come back right here on Fantasy Sports today. So stay on the grid. Break, break Welcome back to Tennessee Sports today here on Fourth Grid. Craig is George Kurtz, we're going to talk a little Raiders football coming up. Josh McDaniels is a new head coach. He spoke to the media yesterday. Uh, but going back to what we were talking about, George, uh, just before the break, uh, you know, in this whole situation with the NFL and now Brian Flores, who essentially, uh, you know, has, has, has really come out with so many claims that are so damaging to the NFL, people, players, uh, teams, everything that kind of goes along with it. That some questions are are definitely being asked and very fair, uh, you know. Obviously, if it is proven that the owner of the team was offering a hundred grand a loss, there's. I mean, this is arguably as big a story as there's going to be in the NFL. And you're right, George. In some way, you would you would have to assume that uh, that that Ross may have to sell the team he owns the stadium too. So it's like a, the whole dynamic there is just insane. But but I suppose playing the other side of it. Uh, in particular, on that subject alone, and there's also a story, of course, how uh, that that's in the lawsuit that that Flores was basically asked to meet the owner, uh, Steve Ross at his yacht, to where a unnamed prominent quarterback was there. Some have surmised that it was Tom Brady in two thousand and nineteen. but but the question is, is that why uh, Flores continued uh, to coach even after all of this happened back in two thousand and nineteen, rather than bringing it up at that time, and I and I do think that that is somewhat of a fair question. Now, in Flora's defense, there's just not many of these jobs around. He could have feared that he would be fired, and so he just you know stuck with the job. We really don't know. Not all of that was explained on the various television appearances that he made this morning, including uh, CBS this morning, which I watched, and CNN. Uh, what are your thoughts on that, though, George? Like finding out about it and basically being told that you can do this, and just not saying anything for a couple of years.
6: It's uh, once again it's a little strange here. This is what I mean by. You know, what Flora says, what the NFL says, the truth is probably somewhere in the middle. Do I think it's more slanted towards Flores? Yeah, I honestly do. I think uh, he's telling more of the truth than every, anybody else here. But as yeah. you said, you're up to hundred grand per loss, and you're oh, no, no, I'm not doing it. And then you know Tom Brady. Apparently, this happened a couple of times right? where Ross wanted him to meet, to, uh, uh, supposedly Tom Brady, a quarterback, whatever. Uh, but he kept right. saying, no, no, I can't do that. He's on the contract. It's against the NFL rules. I find that hard, that part I find that really hard to believe because let's face it, there are rules and there are rules. That one seems like I'm sure it's broken quite a bit about meeting someone under contract or talking about uh, to someone under contract. So I'm not so sure I buy that completely. And as soon as he saw Tom on the yacht, he left. No, can't can't be with him. Got to go. I'm not so sure I buy that. You know, so I think there's a, there's a lot going on there. I do, uh, but my problem is this: you said it. What's he gonna say? He's not gonna quit. He can't come out against it because. For, Let's face it, Brian Flores resigned. He retired from the NFL yesterday. He'll never get another job. I find that hard to believe that he ever will. You know, especially not with lawsuits going on. He almost can't get another job. You worry about yeah. him whistleblowing everything, right? You would be. So I can't see him getting another job. He re- he resigned from the NFL yesterday. As far as I'm concerned, here. So there's a lot going on here for him. it's a a, a courageous move, a ballsy move, because he was only, he's only forty years old. He had a long career coming in the NFL. He, I think he would have gotten another coaching job. I know me personally, Greg. I don't think I talked about it with you. I don't think you and I were on the air at the same time. But when I was in other shows where when he got, got fired, I was like, what the hell – what's Miami doing here? How do you fire a – in today's NFL where we have so many coaches who are terrible in the NFL, how do you fire someone who's obviously a good coach, who's getting the most out of his players? Because it's not like the Miami dollars were loaded with talent here. And then, you know, yesterday, I'm like, oh, that's why. That's why you're fired because yeah, what's going on here behind yeah. Right now, now it makes more sense to me. This is why like I said why I'm slanting towards believing Flores more. Because why do you fire the man who is doing a good job here when you see some of these other coaches who can't get anything done, anything done with more talent here? So that's why I, t- I tend to believe Flores. Not every single word, mind you, but I do tend to believe uh, Flores because it made no sense for Adolphus to fire him. Not for what from what we knew at the time. Now that we know more, okay, things come more into focus.
5: Yeah. And look, it's about relationships in any job. I, I think I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago. At the time, not knowing all of this stuff, I basically said, well, look, it's Steve Ross's team. He owns it. And he can choose to do whatever he wants. He is the owner. And in that spot, if if he just doesn't like someone, he can fire them. That's what being an owner is. It doesn't make it right. It doesn't make it fair. It kind of stinks, actually. But that is the reality of being in a situation where you're not the boss. But in the end, there are so many other layers to this and and you're right, George, it is super interesting the fact that Miami apparently was was trying to recruit maybe Tom Brady uh, you know to coming to Miami before he ended up going to Tampa Bay and and now with uh, with this happening, it's just it, it's there's so many other layers that we're going to end up finding out. I think uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Hugh Jackson, the former coach of the Cleveland Browns, has now come out and says that he stands with Brian Flores and he has proof that the Browns basically asked him to tank I suppose this is before they took Baker Mayfield many years ago too. So we'll just we'll just continue to follow the bouncing ball on this one and and as we go this is this is this is a real big story for the NFL for sure on a lot of different levels. All right uh, let's move on here a little bit because we've been talked out on this subject. Let's move on to the Las Vegas Raiders. they make their official announcement yesterday as they have hired former Patriots go figure uh, offensive coordinator josh mcdaniels who of course had an opportunity a couple of years ago to coach an nfl team but basically thought the raiders as he said were the perfect spot um their commitment to winning is easy to feel to see um and to me walking through this building and having a sense of the history and tradition of this organization and how much that impacts um you know the day-to-day here um it really hit me um This is one of those iconic places and it's a historic organization um, that has unbelievable history and tradition, Um, you know, and it's in every hallway. And so I just, you know, getting to know them, feeling their commitment and understanding that 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 really married up with what my vision uh, would be for another opportunity. uh, It was easy to make the choice. Well, jokingly, obviously, George, we're hoping that Bill Belichick doesn't have another Josh to congratulate in his phone after he just did with Brian Flores and Brian Dayball, if those texts are indeed accurate. Uh, But look, uh, McDaniels is walking into a pretty good spot here, George, because he's walking into a place where there is some talent, but it's almost a clean slate, like a decent team with a new GM, a new head coach, go back into the draft, build through that, and that's the good news. The defense is good too. But George, as far as offense, man, like the cupboard is a little bare. Honestly, when I look at it, I don't know how the Raiders got to the playoffs with with basically this core last year of Carr and Jacobs and uh, and Renfro, who's very good, but you know, you know, he's not he's not gonna you know catch a seventy-yard touchdown ever. And then Darren Waller, who didn't look right in the playoffs and was banged up last year. Uh, they do have a high pick in the draft, of course, twenty-second overall pick. What do you make of this with the Raiders?
6: This one surprised me. All right, this one surprised me. Now, you mentioned McDaniels. Actually, he had the Indianapolis Colts job, and then all of a sudden backed out of it last second. He's had, a, he's had other opportunities as well, but has always turned them down. To accept the Raiders job is, once again, strange to me for this reason. First off, I wonder this. I wonder if he was promised that he was going to be the next uh, Patriots head coach once Bill uh, stepped down. But all of a sudden, Bill, he's not going anywhere. Got oh, yeah. a quarterback he can work with Mac Jones, and he doesn't want to leave anymore. And Josh's like, all right, fine. I got to take another job here. But the reason why I find the Raiders are hard is it's not so much the Raiders itself, but but um, who else plays in that division? They've got this quarterback that keeps going to championship games. Uh, Pat Mahomes is in that division. And you get this other quarterback in that division who's really, really good himself. And that team is building up to where they, they could be a monster in Herbert. This is not a knock on Carr, but Carr is not those two guys. All right. So I think that's going to be an issue. What if Aaron Rodgers goes to that division? Yeah, We're but- all speculating that's where he might end up. He leaves Green Bay. Holy God. I mean, you're, not, you're done. You're not going to players. You're not going to anything. But even if you get out, you still got to worry about Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson. Like I said, just a strange spot for me. Maybe he likes the AFC West, right? He was the coach of the Broncos a while, well, more than a while back there. Right. I, I just thought this was strange. And Mark Davis, an owner who gets involved a lot too, maybe he likes Vegas. Maybe that's what it is. He likes the heat. No, I don't know. I see it's, it's like 40 degrees in Vegas today. Sorry. Uh, so maybe that's it. But I find I found this a little strange, Craig.
5: Yeah. Look, I, I think you started off with all we really need to know. He obviously knows that Bill Belichick is not going anywhere anytime soon. I mean that that seems to be the bottom line here. If he thought that he had a chance to take over the Patriots in a year or two, I don't think he makes this move. We'll be right back here on Sports. Great, great
2: Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer.
3: Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
5: And welcome back. Fantasports. Sports Today. Sports Grid's headed to the Super Bowl. Make sure you catch our live coverage beginning on Monday. A lot of our shows will be out there broadcasting live. So make sure you catch it here on Fantasy Sports today as we lead you up to the Super Bowl in Los Angeles. Usually about 10, 15 minutes a day. We're taking a look at the updated props for those of you who uh, can bet these legally over on FanDuel. So let's continue that conversation and see if we have any edges now. And and George mentioned earlier in the week, hey, if you're going to get down on something, you may want to consider it now before it moves. That could be the possibility. But let's see if that applies here because I think this it doesn't. I think that this is like a, a one of the sharper ones. Because now all of a sudden the player passing props have been released over on FanDuel George. And here we go. This is Matthew Stafford, of course, from the Los Angeles Rams. Joe Burrow. And uh, who will have the most passing yards between the two of them. And as you can see, pretty much even money here. Not a lot of edge. You basically want to pick the winner here and don't even look at the odds. Because I don't think that there's a huge advantage of less than, what, nine cents there. So it's uh, minus 114 with Stafford being the slight favorite there. You can only pick one.
6: I can only pick one. I mean, I don't know what Joe Mixon's going to do against that line, right? Uh, so that, I mean, he had a good a good championship game, which I was somewhat surprised about, because uh, his numbers before that weren't all that great here. Uh, as if They were always in the 50s, 50 yards here, 48 yards there. Sort of a lot like what Zeke Elliott was doing for the Cowboys at the end of the year. Just, nothing spectacular. So I'm going to go Burrow here. I think he's going to have to throw the football. I think, I wonder this, I wonder if Jalen Ramsey's going to travel with Jamar Chase. Is he going to go left side, right side here? Uh, But I don't, even if he does, I don't think that matters. Who's covering T. Higgins? Who's covering Tyler Boyd? You know, I don't think the Rams have cornerbacks to cover that. I do worry that Aaron Donald, you know, Leonard Floyd, they're going to get in there and make life hell for Joe Burrow. I do. Yeah, we saw what happened the last couple of drives to uh, uh, Garoppolo there. The San Fran, he had no time to throw here. Now, the Rams can't do that every pass play. Uh, They're not going to get to every play here. And I do wonder if Cincinnati makes adjustments here, keeping maybe mixing in, uh, an extra uh, tight end in. Maybe if Uzuma can't play, which is iffy at best, that tight end is now just sitting there. You're blocking, buddy. We're going to six guys here. We're going to Burrow drop back here. Give me Burrow here. I think the Rams are looking for tech staffer a little bit more. I think Cincinnati knows if they're going to win this, it's all in Joe Burrow's arm.
5: Yeah, and then the other part of this dynamic is that, let's be real, outside of the last game we saw Joe Burrow play, that offensive line has not blocked anybody. So that's going to be the dynamic that could cause a problem for the Bengals. And so we'll see, in terms of the quarterback prop, which quarterback throws for more yards. Over Over to the wide receiving yards, let's take a look at these. And we have Cooper Cup, who is at minus 115. Jamar Chase, plus 450. T. Higgins is at plus 650. Odell Beckham Jr. is 9 to 1. And Tyler Boyd is 20 to 1. This is for the most receiving yards, George. So naturally, Cooper Cup, I haven't seen his individual player prop, but it's been creeping a little bit over 100 on the over under on FanDuel. Is it just as simple as he's the only one that you could look to? Because uh you know, outside of chase catching what like a 60 70 yard bomb cup's gonna get the most targets and seemingly is is likely to get the most yards now what you can't factor into any of these things uh, george is an injury right like something happens to cup he's winded he's got to come out for a few plays that's like that could completely change the prop but beyond an injury i don't know how i can go in any other direction
6: well of course you're right i mean cincinnati does not have a top cornerback all right, there's no Jalen Ramsey, you know, there's no one even close to that in Cincinnati. So Cup's gonna get his he's gonna get his yards. I think right now, Craig, if I remember Craig, it's a one oh four and a half, but that may have changed this last time I checked here. Okay. So it's up there. And I think that got I think that went up by the way. I think it was about and a half, then went up to one oh four once again. If you want it, you had to get it early. It's gonna keep climbing up here, as a lot of people are gonna think the same thing we're thinking. There's no one there to a cup. And now that they have Beckham, they can't just say, Hey, we're gonna double cover and the safety over the top We've gotta worry about Beckham too, because he's playing pretty well. You know, but once again, if I'm going to bet this, I'm probably not going to bet Cup. Just not worth it for me. Uh, I'm going to go for probably go for broke here. You know, and I'm thinking Beckham or Boyd because I'm getting such good money here. Maybe they do say, hey, well, you know what? Cup's not beating us. Damn it, not going to happen. You're going to beat I, us. How has that us not happened yet? But <laughs> I to know. Listen, I agree with you. Right? How is everybody? Listen, you, 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 and you, you will go cover him. He know, he know beat us. You know, you let, let Beckham go, let Van Jefferson go, Higby, anybody. I don't know if Higby plays either. Either by the way, he's got the injury, so I might go to Beckham here. I, uh, Hollywood Lights, man, Los Angeles Beckham, everything's worked out for him, right? Guy got, got out of Cleveland. You're gonna be a free agent again. Uh, I don't think he'll be back with the Rams, so I might go to Beckham. And this, is, I don't mind Boyd either. Maybe Ramsey does travel uh, with Jamar Chase and slows him down, and Boyd. Uh, I'm not getting a good enough price on Higgins, but, you know, 201, why not? Give me Tyler Boyd here. Let's see what happens. A little, little small play on Boyd. Don't expect to happen, but I'll have a small play on Boyd.
5: You know, what's what's fascinating is that we've seen so many great receivers go into the Hall of Fame. I mean, Art Monk in recent years, uh, Marvin Harrison in recent years, and, and like, Cooper Cup is probably online with all of them. But it's like we're – based on the prop. And based on the favorite that he is here to have the most receiving yards in the Super Bowl, I mean, he is Jerry Rice, George. I mean, he is Randy Moss, like, uh, right now. Like, he, he basically, what you said is, well, may, you know, and it's a fair point, well, maybe they won't let him beat us. I don't think it matters. I don't think it matters. He is a, in a very elite class of player in the NFL that is unstoppable. I mean, Andre Johnson was a great wide receiver, but there were games where he didn't have a great game. Calvin Johnson, unbelievable player. But there were some games where you know Calvin Johnson would have 80 yards receiving. I mean, this this prop, his his player prop, you're telling me is at 104? I mean that that's an in, that's an insane number, like it really is, and it keeps going over every week. It's 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 insane. Okay, over to rushing yards. Most rushing yards in this one, this feels like it's probably between the first two names, unless Sean McVay pulls a C.J. Anderson here in the Super Bowl. We have Joe Mixon at minus 105, Cam Akers plus 105 sony Michelle plus 900, Samaj P. Ryan 40 to 1. Let me tell you something. The last time the Rams played in the Super Bowl, George, I remember sitting here believing that Todd Gurley was healthy and that they were just waiting to unleash him in the Super Bowl and he was going to get all these carries. Boy, that was like the most wrong on any. I was like betting over on all his props. I was like, there's no way. And this guy couldn't even play anymore. We saw what happened two years in, uh, and then he's out of the NFL. So I guess the question that we have to ask ourselves is, is Cam Akers 100% healthy? Uh, has McVay soured a little bit on him? Will he go over to Sony Michelle? Because if I'm doing any of these, it's one with Mixon, and then I would take a shot with just, hey, look, McVay decides that he's rolling Sony Michelle out for 20 carries uh, next Sunday.
6: Well, that's what I'm doing. All right, because of what you said here, I'm going to hope that uh, – I don't want to hope that Akers is hurt. I don't think he is hurt. I'm going to hope maybe, you know, those fumbles he's had, you know, maybe he drops the ball here, puts it on the ground. Give me Michelle. You know, Michelle is not a spectacular back. He's not a super talented back. He's just a back. You know, he does uh, sort of reap some benefit from the fact that what we're saying about Cup, we do the safeties have to stay out of the box here. Well, you're not going to see an eight-man box. So he's going to have some opportunities to do some damage there. So I'm going to go with Michelle here. It's, listen, I love the price on Pierre but unless you get a long carry, you might need two long carries. You know, I don't know how many touches he's going to get in this game uh I, no thank you here so i'm gonna take a shot on michelle i don't expect him to win it i think it would be kind of lucky i i, I need to get acres out of there somehow i need to get acres out which means he needs an injury or he needs uh, to put the ball on the ground here and once again I, I can't take i can't have that you're done that sort of thing here but i'll take a shot on michelle but it'll be for his very small boy
5: yeah and and, and look these i don't i don't see a huge advantage on any of these where we're we're gonna have some next week that we'll take a look over on FanDuel, and we'll definitely find some much bigger advantages. Are you surprised that this line keeps climbing, by the way, George? Ram's now up to, I I think I saw some four and a half, if I'm not mistaken here. But, like, talk about being wrong. Like, I don't know. I I thought that this was not going to be a pick okay? I'm not that silly. But I definitely thought that there'd be a lot of support for Cincinnati. And I haven't made my official pick. I guess we'll do that next week here on the show. But... Giving Cincinnati all those points, I just I'm I'm trying to figure this one out. How it's how that's not the pick.
6: Oh, that is the pick. I think once again, not that they're the better team, but I'm taking Cincinnati now. This line started what three three and a half, and it keeps climbing up. I'm not surprised it keeps going up. By the way, because that's where the money. You say you, you're surprised Cincinnati doesn't have a stronger showing. Why? It's Cincinnati. I'm not trying to make fun of them, but this is not a. It's not the Cowboys, Steelers, Packers, Patriots that have a national following. They don't. You know, I, I think to cover the spread, I do. I'll take the Bengals gladly at four. And if. I think it might go higher, not the Rams don't really have a national following either, but guess where all the money's going to come in. It is LA. All right. We're going to see what's the overrun and how many celebrities we're going to see in commercial shots at the Super Bowl. 802. And so what we're going to see there is uh, those celebrities there. So that's where the money's going to come in on, you know, it's Los Angeles and you know, it's not, Cincinnati just doesn't have that kind of pull there. So I'm not surprised it keeps going up. I'm just surprised that it's gone up so quickly. You know, what on Wednesday. Before, you know, ten 11 days before the Super Bowl, it's probably just gone up so quickly. That's the only thing that shocks me. here. And I think if it's at four and a half now, I think it's going to get the five and five and a half wouldn't shock me either.
5: It may, and I just don't understand the basis for it. I I just, uh, unless that there's some sort of real home field advantage baked into this, which I don't see. It's almost never at home field advantage anyway in the Super Bowl, let alone this place so it's it's unusual uh, to me to see line movement like this no doubt so we'll check back in on our super bowl prop tomorrow here on our show on fantasy sports today but coming up next i guess we have waited long enough folks it is february the second and normally and i'm talking about uh, me doing this for it feels like 15 or 20 years normally by now Uh, On this show and others that I've done, we are just knee deep into player comparisons and who would you take average draft position in fantasy baseball. But there's a lockout going on right now, and so many players are still unsigned. And a half a dozen closing situations in baseball are still completely unresolved. But the NFBC rolls on (laughs) with their average draft position. Uh, I can't put good money into this, but we certainly can evaluate the top picks thus far in the 2022 fantasy baseball draft so our first look at it actually comes today here on the show it is next so stay on the grid georgia and i'll be right back in just a couple of minutes for on sports grid don't go away break, break Welcome back. Fantasy Sports Today here on Sports Grid. Craig Mitch, George Kurtz. We've got to make sure you are following us on Twitter all next week. It's going to be amazing as Sports Grid heads to the Super Bowl in Los Angeles. The two places you want to be following us, at Sports Grid and at Sports Grid TV. Latest news, notes, information, interviews from the Super Bowl as well. We're sending a lot of people out there. It'll be worth your while to give us a follow right now, at Sports Grid and at Sports Grid TV coming up in less than an hour from now. Byron Buxton from the Minnesota Twins is going to join us. We'll go over why he re-signed with the Twins, what he thinks about Tom Brady retiring, and uh, and you know obviously uh, fantasy baseball with uh, his potential going into this season. No question, we'll hit on that as well. Uh, okay, so, uh, George, here we are, February the 2nd. You and I are in sync for many, many years. For people who don't know, I have worked with George on and off, I, I, I think for about close to maybe 15 years it feels like that's probably fair we worked here we worked over on uh, on satellite radio and and we're huge baseball enthusiasts huge fantasy baseball enthusiasts but to this point it is really hard for me to wrap my arms around a sport no offense baseball and a fantasy game where there's so much influx right now so much influx like making assumptions on anything right now is unfair it's fun to talk about and I think it's fun to project, but George, we at SportsGrid like to put our money where our mouth is, and I cannot put my hard-earned money on guessing, and that's what this is at this point. So beyond like what we're going to talk about here, which is the top 10 picks in the draft, pretty obvious, there's so much uncertainty surrounding these teams, players, so many free agents. I mean, if we're still using saves as a category, we got like 15 teams without a closer, and that's more than what we normally have going into a season already. So, the uncertainty to me is just eating at me. And I've, I've resisted this long, but I, I think the time is now to start looking at it.
6: Yeah, see, uh, first of all, everything you said is true. And I agree with everything you said. That being said, my philosophy is I got to assume it's going to start on time. I just have to, so I don't want to be caught in a rush here. So, I've done a number of mock drafts already. And by mocks, I mean, uh, you know, with people in the industry, I, I like doing them. They're fun, it gets me in the flow of it. And I want to see what other people are thinking anyway. Plus, I am that guy that likes to take some chances here. What does my team look like if I take him in the first round? If I take a catcher early, I hate catchers. But what if I do take a catcher early? What does my team look like? That sort of thing. What if I ignore pitching? You know, or if I take two pitches early, take a pitcher in the first and second round. So I am that guy. And I'm uh, for my keeper leagues, dynasty leagues, I'm always writing down, okay, I'm going to keep this guy, this guy. What does my team look like? What are the other play- teams going to do? Just how my mind works. I hope baseball starts on time. I And I also look at it like this well, if you're in a league, everyone's in the same boat. You know, we don't know who's going to be the close run. They said hey, half the league here. I don't know what this guy's going to sign. I have my theories. So you don't know. Uh, so it's not really unfair but there is going to be more luck involved. Absolutely.
5: Yeah. Yeah. That's better. I mean, if you feel it's better to be lucky than good, then that is for you. But I suppose if my budget was $500 for one NFBC champions league and I had my choice, do I draft on February 2nd or March 2nd, taking March 2nd a hundred times out of a hundred, you know, that's just the way that, uh, and and maybe even later that, but as of right now, as of right now, it would be March 2nd. So uh, let's, let's take a look at this. Here is the NFBC's top five. Right now, ADP with some of the drafts that have gone on thus far. This is, I think, about a month of data, maybe a little bit less. Trey Turner is the number one overall pick in the 2022 drafts for a lot of folks, George, from the Los Angeles Dodgers. Tatis is second. Juan Soto is third. Jose Ramirez is fourth. And Beau Bichette is fifth. I, I think the surprise name there and the least sexy name for a lot of people, George, but it's just enough is enough. Jose Ramirez is just such a good major league baseball player and such a great fantasy player no one ever thinks of him first second third fourth fifth but at this point you know exactly what you're getting from this guy and barring two years ago winning uh 2019 when he got off to that slow start and then picked it up in june this guy is just as rock solid as any player in the game and the cleveland guardians are very lucky to have this player he's the one player it's seemingly they feel like hanging on to at this point
6: Look at that. Craig doesn't have to throw a dollar into the jar. He said Guardians instead of Indians. Uh, Good for him. Uh, How many times are we going to make that mistake this year? Uh, I I, got to tell you, if you didn't say it first, I probably would have forgotten they changed changed the name there. So uh, thank you, Craig. Uh, When I look at this this top five, the first question that comes to my mind isn't uh, Ramirez, I think he's sort of a safe guy there. You know what you're going to get, and he's a damn good player. It's going to be Tatis. How worried are you about the shoulder? I mean, that's going to pop out again. There's no chance it's not going to pop out again this season. Uh, you know, I've had that. I, I know exactly what that is that he's going through. That hurts like hell, by the way. Sometimes it goes right back in, no big deal. But it will pop out again, probably on a dive. Either dive you know, sliding into a base head first, or I don't care if he's shortstop or the outfield, he's going to dive after a ball, and now shoulder's going to pop out. And like I said, maybe it doesn't pop in right away. Maybe he's got to go back on the deal for three weeks, four weeks. I think if everything was equal and there was no injury, Tatis is by far the number one pick. He's the guy I want. Has shortstop and outfield eligibility. I love it. And he's a great player, but I have a hard time. I mean, what? What do you? What, what number are you going to put on? How many games is going to play this year? One
5: hundred ten.
6: Oof, you're lower than me. I can't take him top. I can't take him first round. Forget top two. I can't take him first round at that number. And I'm not saying you're wrong, by the way, because I think you know. I, I had it one twenty five. So I'm, I'm one DL. I want IL stint a little lower than you. Yeah. So uh, I, I worry about this a lot. Most important ability to me in fantasy is availability. I just don't think he's going to have it. I really wish he would have had that surgery during the offseason, especially in a season now which may not begin on time.
5: Yeah. I mean, look, I don't think he's too Lewitsky. Um, I, I think he's above that. So I'm not as worried. Maybe, maybe that's a low number for me at 110. Maybe I should have come in at like 120, 125. Can we show that Jose Ramirez graphic one more time, please? if we don't mind, if we have it. How is this not the first pick in fantasy baseball? Explain to me. Why is this player not the first overall pick in fantasy baseball?
6: It's not sexy. George. It's not sexy. It's ridiculous. He he's he is the best player in fantasy. He is. I, I can't argue with you, but I know why. He's not. It's just not sexy. All right, he plays on Cleveland. A team that's going nowhere. Who cares? He's, he doesn't look like a great baseball player, right? Not in great, any kind of great shape here, but he's, he, he just plays the game very well here. So that's why a, I, if you tell me right now that I'm going to have Jose Ramirez on, you know, I won't get him on every league, obviously, but a third of my teams. Uh, all right, let's go. Uh, I'm off I'm to a good start. I'm happy.
5: Yeah. I mean, look, I mean, some, some players will steal more than him, I guess. And that's why Turner goes number one for the steals ability and he'll get shortstop and second base eligibility this year in all leagues. I get it. I understand it. But to me, Jose Ramirez, elite player in the game, maybe the most underrated player in the last 10 years in baseball, honestly. All right, uh, 6-10, through Vladimir Guerrero Jr. coming off that huge year that he had last year, his breakout season. On the NFBC format, Otani does qualify at both positions. Another mystery I can't figure out, how these sites can't figure that out at this point, to just have the guy qualify at both. By the way, if he does, why is Otani not the first pick? Okay, Garrett Cole, 8, Bryce Harper, 9, Corbin Burns, 10. Remember, the NFBC is going to be really pitching heavy, and we're going to stop here at 10 today. But naturally, the reason why Burns is there and the reason why Coles is there is because, uh, you know, a lot of the experts and a lot of the these these sort of leagues have these pitching runs at the end of the first into the second round. And, George, I don't know if you guys will do it tomorrow, but when we come back and we talk about the second round after pick 12, you'll start to see there's just like a massive pitching run where a lot of the starters are taken.
6: Yeah, so I'm a bit, it's funny how the game changed to me. Uh, probably within the past five, seven years, I've changed my philosophy on pitching. It used to be, eh, I want one anchor in my first four picks, maybe maybe five picks, and then I'll, I'll fill it out after that. Nowadays, I'm getting a, I'm getting my anchor maybe in the first round, no later than the second round, and then I'm taking the next three rounds, at least another pitcher, maybe two, three of my first five picks could be pitchers here. They're just, I, I need that pitch, I need that solidified. I need to get my strikeouts. I need to get my ratios down, whatever it might be. Uh, closers are not coming anywhere near close for many reasons. I tend to wait. I like that one good close. And I don't really care about the rest. I'll figure it out like everybody else. But starting pitches, yeah, uh, certainly. If I'm at the end of the first round, odds are. You know, if I'm from eight, eight to twelve range, I'm taking i I'm taking a, a Cole. A Burns, whoever it might be, the Grom. If you believe he can stay healthy this year, sure Whoever it might be, I want that anchor. Bueller, I can keep going on here with great starting pitchers. I want that anchor, then I'll get my hitter because I think the hitters at that point are going to be very similar at my second round pick. You know, i also I might end up with a Harper if he falls a little bit. Maybe Betts who's not here. Uh, Trout. I mean, where we? What are you going to do with him? So tell what somebody who can't stay healthy true, as well, right? And he's falling off the he's falling the planet here. Crazy. He's probably falling too far right now.
5: I agree with you. I agree with you. He should still be a top twelve. He is. He is right around there. The range that we'll talk about next. Uh, yeah. So if you thought my Debo Samuel prediction was good at the beginning of the season, uh, I was on. If, if you can believe this, you probably don't, George. But and we unfortunately don't have the host to be able to quantify it. <laughs> but the, on the morning after, uh, before the baseball season, uh, I told them to take Corbin Burns at forty to one to win the uh NL Cy Young he was like in a field with like a million other people that it was just like the highest you could get odds on the Cy Young were basically 40 to 1 and lo and behold this this guy wins the Cy Young last year I mean that that was a lucky guess but I, I did like the pitcher and I, I look there's uh, these are these are Cy Young numbers but they're not the Cy Young numbers George when we we're in our 30s or in our 20s, because, like, 11 wins when he was a Cy Young. It's just a different day now. You know, players do not get deep into games. But would assume that who Burns, who pretty much had health, I, I think, for, if I'm not mistaken, about, what, like, 80% of the season? I know he missed a little bit of time. There should be no reason why he and even his teammate Woodruff, who doesn't even go that much further after him, the, the Brewers have turned themselves into a pitching team, which I think surprised some people. But what do you think about Burns going into the year?
6: Yeah, I'm on Burns. All right, I, I like going into the last season, not as much as you did. I don't think I uh, say going to Cy Young anywhere, but I, I like Burns as well. You mentioned Woodruff, Peralta too. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. you're right. I mean, their three starters can match anybody's three starters, really. Right. What team is a better three starters? When you think about it, the Mets are gonna, you got the Grom Scherzer, but who's the third guy? All right, so I don't, think, I don't know as anybody. Uh, even Kershaw goes back to the Dodgers. I don't, they can't really match that either because Kershaw's not that guy anymore. Uh, Bueller, Urias, Kershaw. It's nice. It's not Burns, Woodruff, and uh, Peralta there. It's just not. So, yeah, you said it. This is a team we always thought as a hitting team. You know, that ballpark built for, uh, for hitting on uh, home runs really what it's built for. But now they can sure. pitch. That's what They just add a smattering of hitting. You know, they're a dangerous, dangerous team. Because in a in a playoff series, who wants to face those three? Good luck to you. I mean, really, good luck to you. The Brewers are sort of set up here. Uh Woodruff is going, what, a little? I think Burns is like six or seven, and Woodruff goes around 10 or 11. They, they both might be first round picks, and Prawl is probably be. no worse than a third.
5: Yeah, no, and they're loaded in the bullpen, too. And we have Josh Hader, assuming William Devin Williams, I know, had that really disappointing end to his season. I think he punched something, if I'm not mistaken, but uh, yeah. Devin Williams having him come back, right? I think I'm right about that. Devin Williams and, and out of the bullpen, they also have some great 6th, 7th inning guys. I mean, that just gives you more value on some of those starters that are there. But uh, in the end, I think, George, you did hit it, though. Uh, Brewers have some work to do, I think, offensively. Abhishek Garcia is gone. Yellich did not have a great year. Uh, you know, Wong had a nice year. Who knows what Kane is at this point? Some work needs to be done as soon as this lockout is over for Milwaukee. And there's a lot of players out there that are still free agents. So, so much is going to change in fantasy which is why this dynamic of of going over the eighth round in fantasy baseball a little bit different than the first and second round but we'll try to do it with you guys as we close in hopefully on spring training which is scheduled to start in two weeks we'll see all right we'll take a quick break here on fantasy sports today when we come back next as it turns out bill belichick is not the only one who made a mistake texting yesterday it is true i made a mistake as well so i will own up to it And show you that coming up next, right here on Fantasy Sports Today.
4: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
5: And welcome back to Fantasy Sports today here on Sports Grid. Well, clearly this lawsuit from Brian Flores is no laughing matter. It's very serious. And obviously, the things that he is alleging in this lawsuit, no doubt, could just basically reshape the way that we view the NFL. But let's also be honest. The texting going back and forth between Bill Belichick and Brian Flores was pretty comical. And I want to say this. We all make mistakes with texting. Bill Belichick should not feel bad at all about making that mistake. Because yesterday, I did the same exact thing. And we can take a look at it. I'll own up to it. Yesterday, I was trying to book Brett Favre on the show. I thought I was texting Brett Favre. I said, hey, Brett, wondering if you're good for the show today. And then Brett responds, yes, why wouldn't I? And so that caught me off guard. You know, here I'm trying to get Brett Favre to come on and talk about Aaron Rodgers. So I respond, well, my producer Brett messes up sometimes and forgets to remind our guests. So we'll talk about Rodgers, okay? And then Brett responds, uh, yeah. And then, of course, Brett says, hey, this is Brett Levy, not Brett Favre. And I said, oh, yeah, my bad. Okay, I'll see you at noon. So there you go, George. We all do it. We all mess up. I thought I was texting Brett Favre. It was really my producer, Brett Levy. And of course, Brett saved the text because he wants to get me in trouble. Okay, fine, Brett. Go ahead. Air it on the show. There you go, George.
6: Okay, we we have all done that. Anybody who says they haven't made a mistake on a text, you are lying. Uh, We've all done that a number of times. That's funny, though. That's very funny. Uh, I think the thing about uh, Bill is that it opened up the can of worms, right? Because how did he know? How did he know that uh, DeBo was going to be offered the job? Obviously, he has a connection sure. somewhere in the Giants so, organization. And But that's what makes the Giants look bad here. This is why uh, I think it's obviously what set off Flores, right? Because well, how did yeah. you know? And I haven't even interviewed yet.
5: This is all BS.
6: Here we are. Crazy,
5: crazy. I uh, don't know if Bill Belichick and Brian Flores will ever be talking again. Hopefully, Brett Levy will be talking to me. We'll have hour two next on Sportsman.
7: Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest But let me play devil's advocate here Let's see, so No, that's a good thing Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem Uh,
1: Reese's, you did it You stumped this charming devil Pulling up to Mickey D's Just for drinks Oh yeah, that's me Nothing extra, just perfection And a straw